0: Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon.
1: Guys, we've been going through a series that I think is relevant to all of us. Uh, In our lives, and that is concerning the issue of temptation. Now, when I'm talking about temptation, I am not talking about you being tempted to eat too many chips tonight when you're watching the Super Bowl or too much popcorn. I'm not talking about you being tempted when you're driving by McDonald's when you smell the exhaust coming out of there and you're like, you're smelling, oh, it's a burger, and you want to pull in there. I'm not talking about being tempted by chocolates or things like that, although it could be that if that's an area that is leading to a major issue in your life of defeat, if it's an issue that is continually defeating you and destroying you. And so we're just talking about the issue of the temptations that we face to sin. So we've been, for the last few weeks now, looking at that. We're going to have another message today about, concerning the areas of temptation. We're going to talk about what to do with it next week, and then we're going to wrap up this series. So I want you to think back last week. I, I presented to you last week a verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, and it says, "...for there is no temptation that is overtaken you except that which is common to man." and that God is faithful. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to expand upon that today by looking at the life of Jesus. Why? Jesus was different. Jesus was perfect. How can Jesus relate to me? Well, we're going to see that here in a moment. Because Jesus, while he is perfect, he is the God-man, he was tempted like you and I are tempted. He went through the same type of temptations. And so we're going to examine in Matthew, Matthew's gospel, the account of his temptations. And we're going to see from his temptations three areas of temptation that we all face. But we're also going to see that when God is faithful, he's faithful to us because God understands. Because his son was tempted just as we are. So let's look at it together this morning. We're going to look at verses 1 through 11 of Matthew chapter four. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, afterwards he was hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If you're the son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him alone shall you serve. Then the devil left him and behold, the angels came and ministered to him. Here's what we're going to do with this passage as we talk about this whole issue of the areas of temptation that we face, as we're talking about crossing the line and keeping ourselves from crossing the line, as we're trying to understand the issue of temptation. We're going to take this passage and we're going to divide it into two sections. We're going to talk about the one who understands. So I'm going to talk to you about Jesus and how he can understand what you and I go through. And then we're going to look at the temptations. So let's first look at what's happening. Look at verse 1. It says very clearly there, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit, that's led by the Holy Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. A couple things I want you to see here, actually three things. Number one, the first thing I want you to see, and it's just a profound truth that you and I have to realize, is that Jesus was tempted. When you talk about somebody who is without sin, the concept is, is, well, well, he's never sinned, so obviously Jesus never faced any kind of temptation. Jesus never, ever faced what we're facing. Jesus never, ever faced the whole concept of doing wrong. No, that's not true. Jesus, while he is fully God, is also fully human. And as a human being, even perfect humanity, even in his perfection, Perfect humanity gets tempted. How do you know that, George? Well, think about Adam and Eve when they were very, when they were created and they were basically right before the fall. Weren't they perfect humanity? They weren't corrupted yet. They were tempted. They gave in to the temptation. The first thing I want you to see here is when we talk about Jesus and whether or not he understands you and I, especially the stuff that we go through, you gotta recognize, first of all, that he's tempted. Here's the second thing. We'll build on that. He was in, tempted in every way as we are. Remember I told you last week that there's no temptation taken over that has overtaken you except that which is common to man? All temptation is common to everybody. The stuff you go through, other people go through the stuff. Now, one individual may be tempted in one area that is not the same temptation that you face, but you give it a while in a community as big as ours, there's probably somebody else that's tempted by the same stuff that you are. All of us are tempted in the same ways. And Jesus specifically was tempted in the same ways. In fact, this is what the writer of Hebrews says. For we do not have a high priest, he says this in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. What's he saying there? We have a high priest, he tells us in verse 14 that that high priest is Jesus. We have a high priest who cannot sympathize, that is he cannot understand. why he understands is what he's making the point there. We have a high priest who understands what we go through because he himself has been tempted in every way, in every point. So think about that. Jesus faced the same temptations that you and I face. On a daily basis, except for one thing. Writer makes it very clear. Yet without what? Sin. He didn't give into it. So I mean the, the comfort in that, listen to me, the comfort in that is knowing that when I go to him and I talk to him about my struggles and I talk to him about what it is that I'm constantly giving into, it's not like I'm talking to somebody who doesn't have a clue. I'm talking to someone who understands because he himself what? Faced it. I, you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever tried to explain something to somebody that have no clue where you're coming from that just kind of look at you like you're from a foreign planet? You know what I'm saying? It's like, what are you talking about? I, have not, I don't have no clue what you I mean, even if they're just sitting there smiling, like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever, you know? That's not true with Jesus. He understands because he was tempted in every way as we are. And the point is, here's the point, grasp it, mark a star by this, Jesus understands our weaknesses. All right, so let's stop for a moment. I want you to think for a moment about the issue or issues, but just focus on one right now. I want you to think about what it is that defeats you, what it is that you constantly give in to. You know in your heart what it is. You know what it is. You know what it is that brings you down. And when you give into it, it's like you say to yourself, why did I do this again? Why am I doing this? Can't I get control of this? Can't, can't I overcome this? You know what I'm talking about? Okay. Right, so I want you to think about that for a moment, whatever it is in your life. The struggle that you will have is as you're experiencing all of those feelings and those emotions of defeat, the struggle within you is is this comprehension, this thought process that goes through your mind that says, nobody understands. Nobody knows what I'm dealing with. I've tried to communicate it, even to somebody who maybe has gone through the same thing, you try to communicate to them the exact issues that are going on in your mind and in your heart, and it's like, nobody understands. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you been there? It's like, even though, it's like nobody can truly understand the depth of your pain and the depth of what it is, the weakness in your life. We struggle with that. So I want you to think about whatever that is in your life. And here's what I want you to understand. In the midst of that thought, I want this truth to just explode in your mind. Jesus understands our weaknesses. Nobody else does. He does. Because he knows you. And he faced it himself. So he understands your weaknesses. He understands completely. You know, I I was just thinking about this this week. You know, it is amazing to me. When you think about, we, we like to make Jesus into this somewhat unfeeling, abstract, almost kind of a RoboCop type of persona. What do you mean by that, George? No emotions. and And... And so therefore he can't relate to me type thing. Folks, he identifies with you and your weaknesses and the reality of the temptations that you face daily to do wrong. Isn't that awesome? To know that I'm not just talking to somebody who's abstract, who's distant. I'm talking to somebody who understands completely what it is I'm feeling and he knows my weaknesses. Isn't that awesome? Because when it comes to this issue of temptation and constantly giving in to it, isn't it? It's like unbelievable. The thought that somebody knows and he sympathizes with me, that's just powerful. So that's the one who understands. That's Jesus. So I want you to notice when we look at what happens there in verses 2 through 11... We're going to notice something about the temptations that he faced because usually when you and I talk about temptation, we just think of a temptation as one big category. That's it. Well, the Bible makes it clear that we're tempted actually in several areas. And so the first thing I want you to notice is is that temptations focus on three areas. Pleasure, possession, position. Temptations focus on three areas. Pleasure possession, and position. So when you think about what it is that you're tempted by, I can almost guarantee you, folks, it's going to fall into one of these three categories. How do I know that? How do we know that these are the three categories? Well, the Apostle John writes in First John, he says this in chapter 2, verse 16, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes... And the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. That's what the world has to offer us. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. What is that, George? The lust of the flesh. Pleasure. Whether it's being satisfied by food or by sex. It has to do with me and my pleasure. Possession. What does that have to do with? Stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? Having more stuff having a bigger bank account, having a better job so I can buy more stuff, having a nice house with more storage space so I can, what, store all my stuff. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I took a trip up to the attic, and I looked around her, and I thought, holy cow, 13 years of accumulation of junk. What's all this stuff? Then I closed the door, and I forgot about it. Do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Isn't that what we do? Possession, and then what? Position. What are we striving for? All of us are striving, the temptation to strive for position. Even in a church, well, I never would strive for anything. Yeah, you do. We're having a potluck dinner, and you're going to strive to be the what? The best dish there is. The best dessert. You want to, you want to bake the dessert that everybody talks about, because you don't want to take home leftovers. Do you know what I'm saying? So you could be the best pie maker there is because that's striving for what? The temptation to what? Position. Those are the things that we struggle with. Pleasure, possession, position. Think about what it is that you're facing in your life, folks. Think about the temptation. Think about all of those things. And and can I be honest with you? There's another term for it. Rather than just looking at it as a temptation, it also anesthetizes us. We seek these three areas because we think these three areas will, what, dull the pain. We think these three areas will bring fulfillment. Isn't that true? So I want you to notice, here's the temptations Jesus faced. Look with me, we're going to look at them one by one. Look with me, first of all, verses 2 through 4, the very first one. Matthew makes it very clear. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterwards, he was hungry. So let me just stop for a moment. He fasted 40 days, that's without food. 40 days and 40 nights without food. Physically, the body can go 40 days and 40 nights without food. It cannot go without water for 40 days. Here's what's going on. So notice now. And when the tempter came to him and said, if you're the son of God, command these stones to become bread. Great temptation, isn't it? You just spent 40 days not eating. The tempter comes along and says, hey, if you're the son of God, you know those hunger pangs that you're feeling right now, that grumbling stomach thing that's going on? Ain't but a thing if you could just look at those stones and tell you what, turn into bread? What's he doing here? He's tempting Jesus. What? He was tempted in the area of his natural desires. So that's pleasure. Our temptation to sin, the first area that most of us succumb to, is in the area of our natural desires. So you think about what your natural desires. God gave you those natural desires. Can I be be honest with you? He gave you natural desires to what? Eat and drink. He gave you natural desires for sex. He gave you natural desires in all of those areas. Those are all natural desires. The desires themselves are not necessarily wrong. Did you hear what I said? The desires for those things are not wrong. It's what you do with them. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's what you do with them. And the temptation is, is for you to do the wrong thing in those areas so that you can what? Satisfy your natural desires and experience what? Pleasure. Pleasure. Because there is, let's stop for a moment. When you talk about, for instance, like how many of you love Thanksgiving? I mean, you love Turkey Day. I love Turkey Day, okay? And you go and I, we go down to my in-laws and we'll have a turkey and, and all the fixins and every little Waldorf salad and, and, uh, and all that stuff there. And, and we get a big plate and all that gravy and, and I just woof it all down in those homemade buns that my daughter Maddie makes and, and you put the butter on that. At the end of it, yes, you're bloated. Yes, you're miserable, but you feel what? Pleasure. Pleasure. See, this is the thing. The first area of temptation that Jesus faced, bottom line is what? Natural desires. Here's the second area. Look with me now. Verse 5 through 7. Then the devil took him into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up and lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, It is written, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Here's what I want you to see, folks. He was tempted in the area of recognition. Recognition. What do you mean, recognition, George? Well, let me explain to you what the, t- the highest pinnacle of the temple is. The temple, that meant the highest point on the temple building itself. Satan took him there, and he's saying, throw yourself off, Jesus. Make a big show here, because if you make a big show, if you throw yourself off, isn't it written in the Bible that his angels won't let anything happen to you? And guess what? All the people who are down there worshiping in the temple, they're going to what? See this happen, and they're going to say, "Whoa! wow, look at him. He is something special. It's all about recognition. It's all about what? Position. That's the temptation here. The temptation to be recognized. The temptation to have position. Well, you know, we face that daily. What do you mean? Okay, so, okay, position. So think about it for a moment. A big scandal happened in our country here recently with regards to our nuclear arsenal. How many of you saw that in the news? One of the big parts of the scandal was is the guys who were in charge of the nuclear bombs cheated on the test. These are officers to get the position. Now, why did they do that? Because they're human, and they were tempted to do it for what? Recognition and position. Same thing happens all the time, doesn't it? It happens in our schools. Parents help their children to to achieve so they can get better scholarships or whatever. Things like that happen for the purpose of what? Recognition. Position. That's what's going on here. And In fact, John would say it's what? The pride of life. Look at me. Look at what I achieved. I may have cheated my way there, but look at what I did. That's the temptation here. The first area has to do with pleasure and a personal satisfaction of it. The other one has to do with something a whole lot more, something that feeds my ego, that feeds my pride. And that's what Satan is tempting Jesus with. And let's be honest, folks, that's what we face in the area of temptations, isn't it? Now, it's probably not as much as we face when we talk about our natural desires, but you will face these temptations in your life, at your workplace, all the time. All the time. Here's the third area. Look with me now at verses 8 through 11. And the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and, the, and their glory and he said to him, all these things I give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall serve. You shall serve. What's going on here? He's tempted in the area of possessions as well. Power. Stuff. All has to do with stuff and the temptation for more stuff and the more the power that we get from it. So Satan's, it's, it's, it's kind of ironic, you know, because I've been going through the Daniel study in the Sunday school time. And, and when you read the prophecies of Daniel, you'll know that the Messiah later on, he receives all the kingdoms of the world. Later. But here's what Satan's doing. He's saying, Hey, I'll give it to you now. We don't have to wait. I'll give it to you now. All you got to do is just worship me. All you got to do is just bow down to me, acknowledge me. See, this is the temptation for power. What will you do? What will you give into for what? Power. What will you give into for possessions? Did you understand what I'm saying? To have more stuff. This is what the issue is. That's what Jesus is facing here. That's what we face. So I want you to notice something here when we look at all three of those temptations. When we look at verse 4, when we look at verse 7, and we look at verse 10, I want you to notice that Jesus faced every temptation with the word of God. He faced every temptation with the word of God. So okay, here you are, here you and I are, because I'm right in the same boat with you. We struggle in those three areas in our life daily. The one that we struggle the most with is the is the temptation for pleasure. We struggle with that whole area of of position we struggle with that whole area with regards to our possessions and we struggle daily in those three areas and we sit there and we say how can we do it how can we face it how can I strengthen my life that I don't continually give in continually give in to the same old thing over and over and over again how do I do it George I think we look to Jesus and find that answer Because the reason why he understands what we face, but the reason why he didn't give in to it is because something was a part of his life. And that something was his God's word. Listen to what David says. I think this is interesting. You may want to write this down somewhere. Psalm 119, verses 9 and 11. Go back and look at these verses yourself. You may want to highlight them in your Bible or something, but you may want to own what it says here. Listen to what King David says. He says, How can a young man cleanse his way? All right, let's stop for a moment. That's the question. That's a good question, isn't it? How can I, how can I stop giving in, George? How can I stop giving in to the temptation? How can I stop Ending up in this cycle of defeat, how can I stop ending up in this cycle of defeat that ends up causing me nothing but problems, and I bear the shame and the guilt before God because of the sin that I'm continually going into? How can I straighten things up? How can I clean my way? How can I make things right? How can I do that? George, listen to what he says. How can a young man cleanse his way? Look at what he says. By taking heed according to your word. I just need to do what God tells me to do. That's what he's saying. But how do I know what he tells me to do? It's in his word. And I do what he tells me to do. That's how I clean up my act. Here's the other one. Here's the other, verse 11. Your word, talking about God's word, I have hidden in my heart. I've taken your word, I've hidden in my heart, David is saying. Your word I have hidden in my heart. Why? Why? that I might not sin against you. See, the key thing for you overcoming temptation in your life is God's Word. You've got to allow God's Word to be a part of your life. You've got to do something with it. Now, let me just stop for a moment. Folks, and, 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 it, and here's how it works. It doesn't work by osmosis. Okay, do you understand the principle of osmosis, where things just kind of filter through to there? So, so if I have my Bible at home, and if I keep it on the shelf, it's not just going to kind of like, ooh, filter over into my brain, like passing there, like, there it is, but I'm getting it. Let me feel the vibe. It doesn't work that way. Or for some of you, it's in the car. It doesn't pass through walls into your living room. You can't sleep with it. Don't put it under your pillow. It'll be, it'll be a rough night's sleep, okay? It's not going to just filter in there. How do I, how do I hide it in? I don't carry it around and get a little pocket sized one, go to Ollie's and buy a small one and put it right here. How do I get it? I read it, and I think about it, and I act on it. And I say to him, Lord, I I see you told me to do this. I already tell you, I'm going to struggle with that, God. Help me. You said you would guide me. Guide me. See, this is so when temptation does come, you don't even bother. It doesn't hold the same strength over you anymore. Did you understand what I'm saying? You could say to it, and I, you know what, there may have been a day, but today, no way. And you stand. And your reason for standing is because God's Spirit uses the Word that you've hidden in your heart to strengthen your life.
0: Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania.